Let's resolve a riddle today, a mystery held closely in the heart of God, a mystery that began in the garden 6,000 years ago that opened the door for a timeline that'll ultimately reveal the whole comprehensive mystery of God that will end with his return. Here's the riddle. The beast that was and is not, and yet is. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction. A riddle, yep, it's a riddle, and the Apostle John says, this is the mind that has wisdom to learn and settle the riddle. Hi everyone, I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. In the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel at the end of this age, the the mystery of God will be fulfilled, just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. It all began in the garden when God told Satan he'd put hostility between his offspring and the offspring of the woman, that the woman's offspring, Jesus, would bruise Satan's head, a wound ultimately to prove fatal, but Satan would only bruise Jesus' heel, a temporary setback on the cross that would lead to resurrection life for all who would believe in him. Two great events to be fulfilled in two great mysteries, the mystery of the gospel and the mystery of iniquity. So, although the church has well considered the work of Christ on the cross in the mystery of the gospel, I'm just not so sure the the second mystery, the, the fullness of Satan in the flesh, a final incarnation, is not quite as well considered. Let me explain. The incarnation of Jesus, in whom dwells all the fullness of deity in bodily form, A like miraculous transition is also required of a future Antichrist. Albeit a much different result, he becomes the full measure of his father, the devil. Thus begins our journey to solve the riddle in Revelation. This revelation of this coming man of sin is so much more than just identifying him for who he is. Any of us who follow end-time prophecy have have listened to numerous speculations from sincere believers on who the Antichrist will turn out to be. Let me assure you, assure you this one thing, you'll recognize him when he gets here. However, Scripture is abundantly clear about the number, the number of critical must-events that will lead to his ultimate disclosure, events that must precede the return of Christ. We'd be hard-pressed, even with only a cursory knowledge of Scripture, to miss these clear prophecies, the rage of the nations, a holy covenant validated, leading to an unprecedented peace, an animal sacrifice underway in a temple built on Temple Mount, a great abomination of desolation leading to Jacob's trouble, not to mention this man receives a, a deadly wound, and that's key to a lot of things this deadly wound only to be raised from the dead before an astonished world. This same beast, as he's called, who now embodies the the very nature and spirit of Satan, is now, as the Apostle Paul tells us, endowed with all power and signs and lying wonder. 
This guy will have the undivided attention of the world. A sizable portion will celebrate the emergence of this man and his stunning ability to create coalitions and bring unprecedented peace among the ancient enemies in the Middle East. Well, certainly the Holy Spirit intends to bring to our attention the revelation of this man of sin. It's a transitional point, he points out, when Satan ignites life into the beast that was and is not and yet is. Yes, that's our scriptural riddle. If we can get some understanding on this, we'll gain some extraordinary clarity on the final three and a half years of this age. So let's go to Revelation chapter 13. I'm going to read verse 1, our introduction to this man who will ultimately become the man of sin. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on his horns and blasphemous names on his heads. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth, the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. This will be a, a supernatural event that won't happen in secret. There is likely a worldwide audience that sees this man suffer this deadly wound and his apparent return to life. The whole earth marvels at the event and begins to follow and give allegiance to this man. Now, the timing of this supernatural event unites us again with Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. This is when Satan is removed from heaven by Michael and his angels. I believe the timing here, the timing points clearly to Satan immediately taking up residence in the man with the mortal wound. This, my friends, is an incarnation, an incarnation that will reveal the final mystery of the serpent's seed from the garden. Remember, God said to Satan, he, Jesus, will bruise your head, ultimately incapacitating the devil for the next 1,000 years. But we still must settle the riddle. To do that, we must go to Revelation chapter 17. The beast that was and is not and yet is. What's the angel telling John here? Revelation 17 verse 7, But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I'll tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. Now, let me stop here for just a moment. Uh, this woman is the adulteress. These are the, the fornicating nations now filled with rage, a global breakdown of order proceeding uh, to bow and worship the beast, the Antichrist. The beast that you saw was and is not, is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. This is the same beast that descends into the abyss, suffering the mortal wound. He ascends to become the beast that was and is not, but yet is. Now verse 9. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains, we could say seven empires, on which the woman is seated. Verse 10, 
They are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. This is important. One is, the other has not yet come. And when he does come, he must remain only a little while. Verse 11. As for the beast that was and is not, it is the eighth, but it belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction. Okay, (laughs) now let me explain here. Listen real carefully. At the time John is receiving this vision, he's living in the time of the Roman Empire. There have been five previous empires. All five of those have fallen. Here they are the Egyptian, Assyrian, Babylonian, Medo-Persian, and Greek empires have all fallen. John is living in the sixth empire, the Roman Empire. The final empire, the one that has not yet come, will be the seventh and, again, the final empire. Now, I would strongly suggest this final empire will be an Islamic empire, a caliphate with Sharia law a coming seventh empire that will host the Antichrist. Now, we're not going to develop that today, but the nations involved in this coming Mideast events are are today all considered to be Islamic nations. Now, let's once again go back to the riddle. Revelation chapter 17, verse 11. Revelation 17, 11. As for the beast that was and is not, Now, that's the beast, the man from chapter 13 of Revelation who received the deadly wound. He is now an eighth, but belongs to the seven. The beast who received the deadly wound, the seventh beast, who will lead this coming seventh empire, now becomes the eighth beast. Now, how does he become the eighth beast if he's the seventh? That's part of the riddle. He was healed of the deadly wound. He's now the full incarnation of another, the Satan himself. He's the Antichrist of the final three and a half years, the Great Tribulation as we know it. He's the eighth and final beast, and he goes to destruction. He now embodies the very nature of Satan that was only partially seen in the former beast kingdoms or empires, from the Egyptian Empire to the Roman Empire— and the yet future Seventh Empire. All, every one of them were hostile to Israel. All historically would have driven Israel into the sea and thought they performed God a service. So what the angel is showing John here is this emerging final beast, the Antichrist, with all power and signs and lying wonders, will be the composite beast of all all the former beast kingdoms, from the Assyrian all the way to the end of the age and the final Islamic empire. One last thing. Remember the ten kings who joined the beast? Revelation 17, 12. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, But they are to receive authority as kings for one hour, together with the beast. These are the ten Mideast nations that partner with the Antichrist in the time of Jacob's trouble, the Great Tribulation. So, church, this is the beginning of the end of the final mystery of the two seeds. This man, miraculously risen from the dead, who was and is 
not yet is, now endowed with all power and signs and lying wonders, a despicable person in God's eyes who now comes in by intrigue and flattery to obtain the kingdom. The same leader who rose from the dead by means of an unimaginable demonic miracle has now fulfilled the words of God in the garden and the revelation of the mystery of iniquity required for the return of the Lord. What a day that will be. One more thing before we wrap up here. Can you even begin to imagine the power that will come upon the church when Satan is cast down and this mystery of iniquity is on its way to completion? Then I add to that the coming of the two witnesses who are receiving their power at about the same time the church has been suddenly relieved of all accusation of Satan. Revelation chapter 11, verse 3, and I'll give my power, I'll give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Folks, that's 42 months, three and a half years, time, times, and half a time. Accompany that with the, the rejoicing in heaven we hear about in Revelation 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Again, again I ask you to imagine the, the freedom of the global church that is no longer hindered by the continuous accusations of Satan's lies, deceptions that he's wielded for eons. While the two witnesses are doing signs and wonders on the streets of Jerusalem, in the final three and a half years, the church who knows their God are strong, doing great exploits. There'll be a people, a global body of understanding, teaching many. Read it, Daniel 11, verses 32 and 33. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord. The day, that day is coming. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Father, do a quick work in your church. Prepare us. Prepare us for this great anointing, the greatest we will have ever known. Fill us with your Holy Spirit now that we may know and understand the mandate before us and prepare our hearts and minds for the day to come. Crowd us, Father, if you will, your godly remnant to a depth of travail and intercession that will soon see this phenomenal fulfillment of prophecy. In the name of our Lord and Savior, amen and amen. So much, so much to be excited about, church. Subscribe to the podcasts and spread the word. Now's the time. This is the season. People inside the church and outside are asking a lot of questions these days. Let's help lead them to the word of God so they may prepare with their families for the age-ending events that lie ahead. God bless each and every one of you. Maranatha, I'm Bill Nordstrom. <laughs>